Hey everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast, Canelo Alvarez versus Kamara Usman. How bad would a loss hurt Usman and do I agree with Joe Rogan about it? Also, we discussed PFL 1. Jeremy Stevens had his debut. Was his performance good for him and good for the company? Oh, talking about Kamar Usman versus Canelo Alvarez. And this was not on his podcast. It was on Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Celebrities getting together, doing podcasts and famous people and all that stuff. So, um, Joe Rogan talking about Kamar Usman versus Canelo Alvarez. Let me just give you a little background in case you're unaware of what's going on. This has been kicked around. Uh, Kamaru Usman has said he wants to box Canelo Alvarez, who is right now, according to ESPN, the number one pound-for-pound boxer in the world. Uh, he has gone up as high as light heavyweight, which in boxing is 174 pounds, if I'm rem- remembering correctly. He's fought a super middleweight, which is 168. Generally a middleweight at 160, although he's getting a little heavy for that. The guy is crushing everybody. Why? He's Canelo Alvarez. Best pound-for-pound boxer in the world right now. So, uh, Canelo Alvarez taking on Kamara Usman would be, in my opinion, a complete mismatch. Total mismatch. Uh, right now, 57-1, and one, that one loss to Floyd Mayweather when he hadn't quite reached his, his physical and athletic prime. But this is what Joe Rogan had to say about Kamaru Usman versus Canelo Alvarez. Hit it. I would like to see him fight Canelo. I really mm. would. Not because I think that he's a favorite in a boxing match against one of the greatest boxers of all time, but I want to see him get a giant payday. The same way I would like to see Ngannou fight Tyson Fury. That's a way you can make a shitload of money. And I don't think it damages his potential as a, a UFC fighter. I think it would be invaluable experience for him as a champion if he, he did have that fight and then came back over to MMA. I think it'd probably be even better as a striker think, if he I gets think, through um, it relatively undamaged. Even if he loses. Okay. Let me break this down in a couple different ways. Number one, it seemed as though Joe Rogan is saying, I want to see it because the guys will get paid. When he says, I want to see this fight, I don't believe, or it doesn't sound like he's saying, I want to see this fight as a fan. It sounds like I want to see him get this fight because it's good for him. I want to see Canelo Alvarez get paid. It sounds like that's what he's saying. Now, he says in the beginning, I want to see this fight. I'm assuming he means I just want to see Canelo get paid, not I as a fan of boxing or combat sports want to see this fight. Is that a fair assumption based on what he's saying, KOB? I think. Yeah, I think. I I think. So you're saying like your interpretation is that, if I understand correctly, is that he just wants to see Kamaru make the payday. Right. Not, I as a fan would like to see this fight. That this would be entertaining and I want to spend money on it. Mm. Now, Joe Rogan has enough money, it doesn't matter, he can spend money on it anyway. But my point is, as a fan of combat sports, I have zero interest in this fight. Zero. Do I want to see uh, Kamaru Usman and Francis Ngannou get paid? Sure. This is not, in any way, a competitive fight. As he, as he acknowledges, I don't think he's the favorite. Not, not just he's the favorite, he doesn't win. And he, he loses uh, in one-sided fashion. 
he gets killed. It goes as long and uh, is as difficult as Canelo wants it to be. If Canelo feels like it, and I really mean this, if Canelo wants to, he can get uh, Kamar Usman out of there in the first three rounds. And I don't think that's particularly difficult. Not that I'm disrespecting the boxing ability of Kamal Usman. Is Canelo is the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world in his physical prime. If we go back to the first one of these stupid freak show boxing matches, which was Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor, I had zero interest in that fight, and I didn't pay for it. I didn't. I did not see any way, not just that, that, that... Uh, Conor McGregor would win, but that it would be entertaining, that it would be competitive. I may be weird. I don't like watching a combat sport of any kind unless it's competitive. That freak show, let's see what could happen, maybe this could work out, that's not enough for me to watch a fight. It's not. It's got to be a competitive fighter in that particular style with another fighter who's competitive in that particular style. Nothing else is entertaining to me. I've been in this and around this too long for me to go, wow, the novelty is really interesting. That doesn't do anything for me. And when it comes to a competitive fight, this is ridiculous. This will not be competitive. And I'm sorry, unless Canelo decides to carry him a bit, which he did against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I know he did that. I didn't want to embarrass the guy in front of his dad. He carried him a little bit. But that's generally not his thing. The guy's a killer. So, remember, I didn't bite, and I didn't spend money on, and I didn't support, and I didn't, you know, shill for Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. But there are a lot of differences between this fight, potential fight, nothing's booked, and the Floyd Mayweather, um, Conor McGregor fight. Number one is Floyd Mayweather for this fight was not in his physical prime. He was not the, I mean, he was still great, but he wasn't in the middle of his incredible run where he was, you know, slaying top guys. He was not there. When he fought Conor McGregor, he hadn't fought in two years. The last fight was to Andre Berto, who's good, not great. He was 40 years old. There were a lot of reasons why this fight was, if you were a Conor McGregor, a huge Conor McGregor fan, Conor McGregor is a great boxer for MMA. So the idea that Conor McGregor had a chance against Floyd Mayweather, I didn't believe that. But there were circumstances under which, if you were a huge fan of Conor McGregor and maybe underrated Floyd Mayweather or something like that, you could believe that Connor was going to win that fight. KOB, do you agree with that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was to me when I first heard about the fight. I'm like, this is a perfect scenario, really, for an MMA step up like this. Like, it's the guy who's at his peak right now, who's won two belts. You know, he's all set. He's at the height of his fame. You would think, seemingly in his prime, for that matter, up against a, an all-time great, but who hasn't fought in years, is in his 40s. Never was a big knockout guy to begin with. So, yeah, I feel a little bit comfortable in this matchup. Sure, he could probably take Connor out when he feels like it, but like, which he kind of did late, late in the fight. But, like, I wasn't too worried about MMA being embarrassed in this. That was the difference with Mayweather-McGregor. 
Right. So um, he was clearly the better boxer, Floyd Mayweather. Um, I, carried may be too big of a word, too strong of a word, because Floyd Mayweather is generally a slow starter. I mean, he's carrying you. He just generally reads you early and then turns it up late. He was facing somebody who's at least punching power he respected. And he didn't really start getting going and turning things on until round four, I'd say. He started going, okay. And then after that, he took it over. I only gave Conor McGregor two rounds in that fight. So, to your point, Kilby, it was somebody who is a slow starter, who is normally cautious, who doesn't like taking a lot of risks, who is not a one-punch knockout guy, especially at 147 pounds, welterweight. Um, above 140, he's not a knockout guy. So, for all those reasons, Conor McGregor lasted long enough that people who were supportive of him could go, Yay, you did a great job. That's awesome. Cool. He represented MMA. Uh, I am not one of those people. You don't get participate. Everybody was lining up. People who hate participation trophies were lining up to give Conor McGregor a participation trophy for a fight where he got knocked out and was overwhelmed, it was clearly the inferior boxer, for 10 rounds. So I, I don't get that at all. I'm not the kind of person who does that. So people were lining up to give Conor McGregor a, a, a participation trophy. Why is this fight different? Canelo Alvarez, as a boxer, right now, he is <clears throat> in his physical prime. This guy who was born in 1990, he is right now 32 years old. He's right in his prime, having some outstanding performances. If you watch the uh, Caleb Plant fight, knocked him out in the 11th round. Billy Joe Saunders knocked him out in the 8th. Um, Callum Smith, unanimous decision. Sergey Kovalev knocked him out in the 11th. The guy is doing great work against the top and he's not just doing great work, he's knocking him out. 57 wins, 39 by knockout. I wouldn't put uh, Kamara Usman anywhere near the level of boxer of the guys I just mentioned. Nowhere near them. And he's a devastating puncher. And Conor McGregor, also a very big, I believe their fight, uh, the, the, the fight with Conor McGregor, I believe was at welterweight, if I'm not mistaken, which is 147. Uh, let me double check that. Uh, I don't know what weight class it was at. Um, so the, the, the issue for me is Conor McGregor, also a very big welterweight. A very big guy. I don't know what the official weight class was, Jimmy, but I, yeah, apparently Conor McGregor know. weighed in at 153 and Floyd came in at 149, so maybe 154. Yeah, whatever. But but big for that weight class, right? Conor McGregor is a big guy at 149 pounds. Um, Canelo Alvarez boxed up at 174, meaning he can take on big dudes, slug it out with them, and knock you out. So Conor had a physical advantage that Kamar Usman is not going to have. Kamaru Usman's going to be bigger. Mixed martial artists are just bigger than boxers in comparable weight classes. So he'd be bigger. But boxing-wise, punching power-wise, he's not even on the same planet. Not even on the same planet. Um, also, another thing that I love uh, pointing out is that 
Conor McGregor landed 26% of his punches against Floyd Mayweather. Okay, now that's not bad considering what Floyd normally does, but it's not as though he had a great performance against Floyd Mayweather. So in 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 saying I want to see this fighter, I wouldn't mind seeing this fighter. Let's see it. All you know, uh, all Joe Rogan talked about was the benefits for Kamaru Usman. He'll get paid. He'll get great experience. Da da da. Oh, and if he's undamaged, I don't know, and I don't think you walk out undamaged against Canelo Alvarez. Everybody, by the way, uh, on Zoom right now is shaking their head at me. Yeah, you don't walk away. From Floyd Mayweather going, oh, I get, got out boxed, but I'm okay. Canelo is not that guy. He hits like you stole something from him. And if he really puts it on Kamar Usman, he'll hurt him. He'll hurt him. He'll break his ribs. He'll knock him out. And watching that kind of performance does hurt your stock. I don't believe in combat sports there's ever such a thing as nothing to lose. I don't believe that. You all, You can lose your health. You can get killed. Let's be honest. But the idea that an ass whooping from Canelo Alvarez doesn't hurt him and doesn't do anything to his stock is absolutely absurd. KOB, how do you feel about that statement from Joe? He's got nothing to lose. I don't believe that at all. Well, look, I th- I think we tend to think of MMA fighters. The reverence we give them is like they are the baddest people on the planet. And I think you go into a boxing ring and you get smoked the way I think Canelo Alvarez would smoke Usman because I don't see him carrying Usman. I, I nope. think you find out pretty quick. Like. I know Usman thinks so like, oh yeah, I could I could totally beat I could totally beat Canelo. It's like I think once you feel that first body punch and you feel the air go away, you're gonna be like, Oh, thank God for the paycheck. Like it's, it's yes. you're gonna immediately regret that decision. But I do think if he absolutely just does Usman, I don't know that that's necessarily gonna happen, it's just what I feel might happen. I, I think it is a bad look. It won't hurt your stock in MMA, really, but you're you're basically giving your opponents like other things to throw in your face about like, oh yeah, you got wrecked by Canelo, like way to go with way to go there. So I don't know how much the MMA fans would care. That's the hard part for me. I don't know. Because But, but I don't... also even even beyond perception, you get physically damaged. Then yeah. you can break uh, your ribs. Like it's possible, yeah. yeah. I mean he hits hard, yeah. but like I kinda wonder if there'd be any I don't know if there'd be any blowback. I think we've now seen this MMA thing so much. Maybe it was like directly after Mayweather McGregor, it'd be worse. But we've now seen Jake Paul knock out Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. I think our I think our standards are somewhat low, <laughs> based for for MMA. Our only real win is Anderson Silva beating uh, who you're saying is Chavez Jr. So I who think, I think is a terrible yeah. boxer. I had no respect. But for he that was at least yet. the former champion that like Silva beat. So I think it was kind of a win for us. Really, it's like that was legit. Like yes, he like he wasn't the greatest boxer in the world, but he had a, had a belt at one point. So good enough. I think our standards are so low that maybe he could he even if he got crushed. Kind of rebound, and I think people might might be, oh, you know what? At least you tried, Kamaro. He might get that. I think it was right after Mayweather McGregor, though. Like he'd be getting buried. But I just think it almost might be like how pro wrestling fans were with CM Punk coming over. Like they all kind of knew what was going to happen, and that's when he went back to pro wrestling. They just welcomed back with open arms. You know, like yeah, we kind of knew what was going to happen, but he's our guy still here, so we still cheer. It'd be one of those. Yeah, it, it could be. Um. I don't know. Now, aside from all this, do you believe that Dana White lets this fight happen in much in the same way he allowed, obviously, um, Conor McGregor and, and Floyd Mayweather to happen? Do you think he lets his sitting pound-for-pound number one guy go up against Canelo Alvarez and get slaughtered? Do you think he lets that happen? If the money's there. I mean, he uh, Here's the thing. 
there's a part of me that wants to say if the money's there, he'll do it. But Dana has been pretty adamant about he doesn't want this fight. Like he doesn't want to fight Canelo. Like he, he, I, I don't want him to fight Canelo. I think Canelo's an awful matchup for him. So he doesn't seem too big on it. Now maybe the dollars and cents changed his mind. But I think the funniest thing now, like well, like what Joe Rogan says, it's like, dude, he'd make such a big payday there. It's like, well. Maybe Dana White should just pay him here, and then he won't have to go box. Like maybe that. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's and also that alternative too. Like. <laughs> right. So it, what's so funny is once you get that running indictment of MMA. Well, oh man, he'd make a lot of money. He'd make a lot of money. Well, yeah. Can he? Why don't he just make more money there rather than go to this other sport where he's going to get killed just so he can make a payday? Like the idea that you have to is is an indictment of MMA or the UFC at least, right? Yeah, you don't see football players being like, you know what? I'm not happy with the pay here. I'm gonna go try baseball. Like, you don't really see that happening. Like at other pro sports, it's just it's just the combat sports where it's funny for the women. It's usually you know pro women boxers want to come over to MMA usually, and for the men, it's always they just MMA fighters want to kick over to boxing and just try to make one big score, like a million dollar payday for once in their lives. Right, and 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 that's the difficulty of this entire situation. I think he gets killed, and I don't think there's. Nothing changes that. And to me, that isn't worth watching. I like competitive fights with people who are competitive in their particular combat sport. Anything beyond that is, to me, a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. PFL 1, PFL season, kicked off last night. Uh, a lot of interesting stories there, not just the fights themselves, which were, uh, you know, comparatively entertaining. You also had Jeremy Stevens, who is, uh, in many ways, like your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. One of those kind of people that, no matter what he brought skill-wise, and let's face it, his skill level has gone down over the last couple years, is on the downside of his career, always brought the fight. Always made it entertaining. Was always must-see TV. That was him. It's what he did. That's what he still does. As we saw last night on PFL. We'll get into my picks later. But with the K crew today. So not only was it Jeremy Stevens, let's see how he does. Did not end his career in the UFC on the best streak in the world. In fact, uh, what was it? 0-5-1 in his last six fights. In the UFC, got a lot of opportunities to right the ship. Unfortunately, they were against some of the best <laughs> in the 145-pound division. Period. End of sentence. Fought some great fighters. Didn't work out his, his way. Made the transition to PFL. So, made his debut with the promotion last night against Clay Collard. Don't know who Clay Collard is. He was another one of those guys in PFL who's done a great job uh, knocking off prized free agents it's true what can you say about it except that's what the guy does clay collard last season in pfl beat that's right anthony pettis former champion uh looking to make a name in pfl and change gears and do great things and guess what ran into clay collard anthony pettis yet to win in pfl derailed that train for sure i wouldn't say a hype train because not hype the guy had proven he's an excellent fighter but 
Uh, couldn't get his, his PFL career going. So what do you do? You put Jeremy Stevens against the, the, the free agent killer. Against the guy who's done great in this position before. Didn't work out for Jeremy Stevens. That is the bad news. The bad news is it didn't work out for Jeremy Stevens. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Every time PFL has signed that big free agent, they've tried, they spent money, Roy McDonald, Fabricio Verdum, Anthony Pettis, now Jeremy Stevens, they lose. And they generally don't just lose, they lose handily. They're a non-factor at the end of the season. Roy McDonald made it comparatively far, okay, but lost to Ray Broadway Cooper. Uh, I think he's 1-2 and two right now in PFL. You could argue that uh, he had some bad decisions, or really one bad decision. But, you know, still, this is a guy who's, who's supposed to be a, a serious contender, if not blow through the rest of the division. That did not happen. Jeremy Stevens, I think, didn't have those expectations. I think he was expected to be a factor, which he still could be. For people who don't know PFL, it's a season. So every fight you win, you get three points. If you finish it in the first round, you get three more points. If you finish it in the second round, you get two. If you finish the third, you get one. Ta-da! So add the points up. Top half, make the playoffs. Yeah, Kelly, you look great. Go ahead. keep Do it again. Everybody caught that. It wasn't just me, right? Wasn't just me. I knew you were gonna say it something. It wasn't just, just me. She literally all put together. She literally looks in Zoom, adjusts her hair, and goes, "I am feeling myself right now." That smile was Listen, just. Listen, we have a sixty-second turnaround in between shows. I don't have time to set myself up for success here. Might delete later, but right now, Felt feeling cute. cute. That, that was that was that look one hundred percent. Well, no, no, I gotta tell a story here. By the way, before we continue with PFL, so I'm stopping at the playoff system for PFL. Today, not at work, on my own free time, I went into, like, this sandwich place to get a sandwich and a smoothie shop, whatever, and they're playing Van Halen 1984, which was one of my favorite albums as a kid. I bought it right when it came out. I love Van Halen. I go in there and say, oh, Van Halen 1984. And the girl behind the counter, who is 19 years old, goes, oh, yeah, no, I like it too. And I said, yeah, I got it when it came out. She goes, you got it when it came out? And I went, yeah. And she's like, oh. So I get my food. I put my credit card in there. And she leans over the, the like the, the pad, the keypad. She goes, if you're too old, the arrows go up and down to choose your price. No, she didn't. She totally did. She goes, by the way, if you can't see it, if uh, you need a senior discount, I she her timing was impeccable with that joke. And she laughed her ass off. It was. And I was like, dude, I get enough of this at work. I get enough of this at work. Why am well, I like angry that somebody else made an age joke at you? Like that's totally just me. she nailed it. She was like, "Oh, by the way, if you don't have your glasses on and can't see it, wow." <laughs> I was like, "Great, great." There's another Kelly out here. Anyway, so the way the PFL works: if you win, you get three points. And depending on the round you finish your opponent, you get extra points. You get bonus points. Uh, I think it's the top half go to the playoffs, and then it's most points wins. Whatever. So anyway. Um, so he can still be a factor. That was the first night. Okay, he lost. He can still get enough points to be a factor in the division. But Clay Collard and Jeremy Stevens had a great fight. It was the best fight of the night. And it was kind of a mixed bag that night. Um, uh, me, Kelly Russo, we had our, our text chain going. What did you think going into that fight? 
because you had one quick finish, you had another late finish, but the fights themselves weren't exactly scintillating up to that point. Like, they were okay, but, you know, nothing to write home about until this fight. Is that fair? I mean, I thought that the prelims were pretty good, but main card-wise, it kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of did definitely dip, did, and then yeah. the main event delivered as advertised. Yes. So it was Olivier Albon Mercier, uh, Olivier Albon Mercier, I can say it, and uh, Nathan Schulte. They went to a split decision for Albon Mercier. Antonio Carlos Jr. was taking on Delon Monte. If you, if you read the odds on this one, because I, I, I read them yesterday when I made my picks, which were excellent, but we'll get into that later. Delon Monte uh, plus 800, Antonio Carlos Jr. minus 1350. So Delon Monte comes at Antonio Carlos Jr. and actually hurts him early. Actually goes after him, hurt him for a second. He comes back. Gets a Bravo choke, wrenches it. Just rolled all the way through it. Um, Del Monte taps, 29 seconds in round one. Then Haush Manfio and Don Madge. And Don Madge, it looked like sparring. It looked like a sparring session against somebody, in this case Don Madge, who was a better striker than Haush Manfio. He was pacing him. He was keeping him at a distance. He was throwing good punches. Haush Manfio couldn't find a way in. But the pacing was like a sparring session. Nobody seemed that interested in the fight. The fighters didn't seem that interested in the fight. Then, kind of out of nowhere, Haush Manfio just throws an overhand right of doom, catches Don Madge right on the chin, drops him, finishes him. Uh, two minutes, 42 seconds into round three. That's what led us into the main event. This reminded me, in a certain way, and I want your opinions about it, 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893, what I want your opinion on, is it good or bad? For the PFL, that Jeremy Stevens, a free agent that costs probably a decent amount of money, comes in and gets beat. I talked about it before when I was with Bellator. Whenever they would sign a free agent, there's always this line where you want your money back from that free agent we paid a ton of money for. But you don't want them to come in and just like romp over your division. So people can go, see, Bellator sucks. UFC is a level better. La, la, la. This, this fill-in-the-blank person who couldn't win a title in, in the UFC is winning a title in Bellator. You don't want that, but you don't want nothing. PFL seems to keep getting nothing. Not just losing, but never getting a win in PFL. Now, we don't know what Jeremy Stevens is right now. I'm not writing him off yet. I'll break down the fight in a minute, but I'm not writing him off yet. But... Um, Fabrizio Verdun, yet to win a fight in Bellator. Anthony Pettis, yet to win a fight in Bellator. Roy McDonald won one, went, I believe, one and two so far in his PFL career. It's not just they're not doing great. They're not doing anything. Jeremy Stevens, 0-1. The only free agent recently to win in PFL is Roy McDonald, and he won one fight. So they're just not getting value out of this. So the flip side is you're not getting a return on your investment. The other side is you're showing PFL is legit because their guys can beat your guys. Now, they're not your guys. They're not UFC guys in their prime. They're very much past their prime. But that idea that it, it shows your, your, um, your promotion isn't just a retirement home. Guys can't come in there and just walk over everybody and have easy wins. What is better for PFL? These signees, these free agents winning – or not winning. Was last night a good thing for PFL or a bad thing for PFL? First, let's talk about the fight. KOB, you with me? I'm here, sir. 
You remember uh, Margarito, right? Margarito, Loaded Wraps Margarito? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. That fight last night between Jeremy Stevens and Clay Collard kind of reminded me of an old Margarito fight when he was having the Loaded Wraps for he would get outboxed for a good three, four rounds, and then his opponent would start wearing down because he just threw so many punches. He worked the body comparatively well, and he just never seemed to get tired, and his volume was always there. So it was easy to look good against Margarito for a minute, and then he would, with his loaded wraps, which I really believe he had his whole career, start wearing you down. Now, he wasn't a one-shot knockout guy. He wasn't. He got knockouts. But they were generally because you were just so tired and you were just getting hit so much that he wore you down. Clay Collard reminded me of an old Margachito where he wasn't landing, you know, these crisp, like, oh, my God, what an amazing punch, but, like, boom, boom. And you saw Jeremy Stevens just kind of wilting under the physical pressure over three rounds. Is that fair or not, Kobe? Yeah, it's funny. I almost think yeah. there was a moment early, I, mean, I think maybe midway through the first round, where Jeremy landed a heavy shot on him. Like, it was a big overhand and I almost feel like once Collar took it and absorbed it, I'm like, all right, I felt this power now. Now I'm going to step it up a little bit. Yes. He just started yes, going to work. Yes, I know work. exactly what you're talking about. I remember that same moment. We may have chatted about it. Yeah, he I had that, he that. had that a bit of that yeah. same moment. Like, okay, I felt this guy now. That's 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 a heavy shot. All right, I can start stepping it up here because yes. that was when he just started going to work on combinations to the body, leg kicks, everything. He was putting like four and five shots together. So here is kind of my deal. Um, that's how I felt and one thing that's missing from Jeremy Stevens right now is there was a time when I thought he hit Clay Collard with some, as you said, some clean punches that seemed to have real snap on him, and they just didn't have the, uh, the power they used to have. And a, a common theme in combat sports, a common theme we talk about, is power is generally the last thing to go. A fighter, you know, the, the, the famous George Foreman, right, one of the heavyweight title at 46 years old, knocked out Michael Moore. Why? Because the dude could still hit. Wasn't that fast. Didn't have great technique. The dude could still hit hard. Okay? Mike Tyson catches even a young heavyweight at this point. Probably knock him out if he catches you on the chin. Doesn't have the speed he used to. Doesn't have the timing he used to. This was one of those instances where Jeremy Stevens, I don't know how much of a power puncher he used to be, but he could turn over a shot well enough to really hurt somebody in his prime. I feel like a lot of that was gone. That he was landing with snaps sometimes. But those punches, I think a prime Jeremy Stevens drops Clay Collard with those. And as you said, after he walked through a couple, he's like, oh, all right, okay, I can turn it up and I don't worry about it. A prime Jeremy Stevens, you don't walk through those shots. Am I wrong, KOB? No. Like, he hit him with a couple. I'm like, oh, here he comes. Like, he's yeah, probably going down. And, 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 just, he and he just, didn't. yeah, the chin on, on Clay Collard, man. Like, he took some heavy blows and just kept coming forward. Yeah. And. Uh, that was the hard where where he's still in it, and he was in the fight physically. He was there, but the problem was once once Clay Collard kind of got over that hump in round one, I didn't think Jeremy Stevens was going to win the fight. I remember round two and three, and I texted you guys. I go, he's done. Now he stayed in the fight. He did, but. I had no realistic expectation that Jeremy Stevens was going to win after that point. I feel like once we got deep into round two, I was like, he just doesn't. He's hitting. He's doing things. He's landing shots. None of them are, this might turn the fight around. I really got that feeling deep into round two. That it was like, and especially when he was, when he was there were against the fence, he was breathing very, very heavily. KOB, we've all been in this situation 
uh, you did some MMA training. So, you know, you did sparring, you did all stuff. When you're look or jujitsu, whatever, you're looking at the clock. I am physically wrestling. I am going for takedowns, kind of. I'm basically, basically trying to stop takedowns. But I'm not really working that hard. I'm looking at the clock going, when is this going to be over? You know that feeling, Caleb? You've been there a few times, yes. Where it's oh, like, yeah. okay, I'm going through the motions of whatever I'm doing. Especially if you're getting worked, man. Like, yes. <laughs> you're like, all yes. right, when is this round over? It's coming soon? Right. I felt I, didn't, I don't think he gave up. Jeremy Stevens isn't the type of guy to give up. But I felt that he was kind of just tactically out of the fight past midway through round two. KOB, did you get that feeling? Was that just me? Like, he was there, and he was doing things, but his ability to come back and maybe win, I thought, was gone. Yeah, you know what it is, too? Like, he was eating a lot of body shots. Clay was really peppering him with with kicks and punches, man, and I think that credit to Stevens, man. There was was a couple points where I thought, like, all right, he's starting to wear, but then he would come back again strong, like, and just, you know, find him up against the cage, throw a flurry, so. But, yeah, I think those body shots were really what was doing the damage. Yeah, and and it's money in the bank, and that's how you have to describe late kicks and body shots. They don't pay off right now. Rarely in MMA or boxing even do we see like, oh, my God, hit him in the liver and he just drops. It's a fun thing to see. Rarely do we see it. What it generally is is your ribs start hurting and you can't take a full breath and you start slowing down and there isn't power in your punches. That money in the bank mentality for Clay Collard paid dividends. Some people are saying fight of the year so far. It was excellent. It was really, really good. I don't know if I'd quite put it on that level. It's, it was quite good, though. Um, so was it good or bad for PFL? Jeremy Stevens losing. They invest a lot of money. They didn't get anything out. The way I see it, got a couple calls, but before I get to get to them, the way I see it, what did you get out of that fight? Clay Collard is very, very good. Unfortunately, we already knew that. Once again, this was the, you know, the, the free agent crusher. This guy who beat Anthony Pettis last year. This is a guy, we already know that he's an excellent fighter. He also came up short to Haush Manfio last year, so he's not the best you have. So it's this weird dead zone of you you used up this free agent, but it didn't make anybody go to that next level. We already knew Clay Collard was good. Oh, he's our next champion. Well, he wasn't champ last year after beating Anthony. It's a repeat of last year. We've seen this TV show before. I don't get – I would love to have Ray Suffo on. I would ask this to his face. I didn't quite get the matchmaking. I know you're going to get a great fight out of it, which we did. But you didn't get a win right off the top from Jeremy Stevens, so he's now a contender. And you didn't get, wow, this up-and-coming young buck, new blood might be our next big thing. Like you did with um, Ray Bradaboy Cooper and Roy McDonald, for example. Oh, man. You know, Brada Cooper's really great. Da, 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 da. We didn't get that. We got the same guy who wrecked the hype train last year, wrecking it again this year. We don't know if he's going to go to the finals or if he's going to win because he didn't last year. It was just a repeat of the same story. I don't think PFL got what they needed out of this fight. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas.
Sirius XM Podcasts.